and welcome to this edition of EMS Now Up Close. I am Eric Miskell with EMS Now, and uh, it's my pleasure today to interview and speak to Gustavo Sepulveda. He is the Process Automation Business Head for North America with Panasonic Connect. Uh, Gustavo, welcome. It's my first time actually getting to speak to you and interview you. So why don't you begin by kind of sharing a bit about your background in the industry? Eric, first of all, thank you for your time. It's great to have this chat with you. And basically what I can tell you about my background, I have been in automation since 1997. It's been 25 years, uh, mainly in three companies, Universal Instruments, ABB, and during the last three years at Panasonic Connect, uh, in which I am the process automation business head for North America. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy to spend the next minutes with you. Very good. And expand on that a little bit, Gustavo. Tell us more about Panasonic Connect and, and exactly what your role is and what Panasonic brings to market. Yes, Panasonic Connect has different business units. Uh, I am not going to go very deep into the details, but uh, for example, the process automation business unit, the one that I manage, we sell SMT machines. And to put it in simple ways, these are the machines that populate the printed circuit boards in all the electronic devices that we use every day, computers, servers, phones, microwave, etc. Yeah. We also supply our welding robots to the industry, and that is what we do in process automation. We also have a business unit that is responsible to supply laptops uh, to the market. To, uh, we have a different business unit that uh, supplies screens and video uh, equipment. And one very interesting business unit that focuses only in software solutions in order to supply the Internet of Things uh, to all the markets. So I do not want to go very deep into the details, but in general terms, this is what we do. Now you have a you have a wide array there. I think of complementary kind of uh, offerings, and I know that software is an important part of that, and we'll touch on that as we move into this. But what I wanted to kind of speak to you about is kind of the increase of electronics manufacturing in North America and kind of the challenges and solutions uh, that, that that a company like Panasonic is bringing to market. So, so to begin, kind of tell me how you view the changing state of manufacturing. Uh, in North America, kind of, and what, in your opinion, is driving that? Very interesting question. Since the pandemic started, we have been that uh, manufacturing is coming back to North America. I am not going to go very deep into the details, but several reasons. Uh, supply chain challenges that provokes delays uh, when our customers supply to their customers, mm -hmm. and these delays affect at the end, the end user. So that is that is one challenge. The other challenge has been a lack of materials. And last but not least, the geopolitical challenges that we have. Yeah. These three reasons combined have provoked that a lot of companies are moving part of their manufacturing back to North America. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they are leaving Asia. I don't think that will happen. But they are trying to have a better balance 
and trying to have a more production in Mexico, US, and Canada. Yeah. And I think this trend will continue during the next two or three years. To give you one example, the CHIPS Act that was approved by, by, by the government, it is a clear commitment in which uh, the government will invest billions of dollars to produce semiconductors in the US. Mm-hmm. If the semiconductor is going to be produced in the U.S., it's very likely that the manufacturing will also happen in the U.S. or at least in North America. Yeah, yeah. and you, you touch on an interesting point there, the reshoring, as, as is often said, right, of that manufacturing that's migrating back for various reasons to kind of within region. And that's happening both in North America and in Europe as well, right? And I guess arguably even within some of Asia, some things are coming out of China and moving into Vietnam and Malaysia and other countries. But um, how do you see that within North America? Do you see that, you know, there's the three major countries, obviously Canada, the United States and Mexico. Do you see them impacting differently? I think so. At this moment, Mexico has uh, received most of the migration, uh, more than the U.S. I expect that that trend to be a little bit more balanced. Why? Because there will be more products that are confidential or or they have some intelligence Mm -hmm. that I do believe that they will be produced in the U.S. So if in the last two, two, three years, Mexico has grabbed most of it, I think Mexico will continue to grab a lot of reshoring. Uh, Companies are building facilities there in order to be ready to accept more products. But I think the U.S. will play in in 2023 and beyond also a very important role, especially with uh, defense products or products that have high level of intelligence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good distinction, I think. Um, and obviously, one of the related challenges of this is the shortage of qualified manufacturing workers. And that's not just North America, that's experienced worldwide. I just spent a few weeks in Europe tr- visiting the industry, and it's very, very clear over there that they suffer from the same challenges. So how do you see um, uh that the workforce uh challenges, the shortages of of skilled labor and uh, uh, here in North America, and how do you see that being addressed? Yes, very important uh, question. I think the problem began more or less 20, 25 years ago when a lot of manufacturing moved to Asia. There was not a lot of interest back then to, to focus your career in manufacturing if there's not a lot of manufacturing in the US. And this happened with blue collars, white collars, all over the place. So gradually we began to lose that knowledge or that interest. Now everything has changed. Now a lot of manufacturing will happen in the US. Suddenly Mexico, US and Canada are short of this knowledge and uh, how can we catch up? I will say, let's focus in two examples. One, what the companies can do to train their own people. Mm-hmm. And it is something that the customers are asking us uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Help me to train my personnel 
but help me to train the trainer because I cannot rely 100% on Panasonic because you cannot be with me every single week. So help me to train the trainer. And I think companies have a very big role doing this. Mm -hmm. The other portion is out of the companies. And I am talking about the schools. It could be the high school, the, the community college, universities. Uh, they are incentivizing uh, a lot of students to learn about manufacturing. Yeah. And I have seen that now they are offering more classes that they were not offering five years ago mm -hmm. because they see the need. Mm -hmm. And I think for the students that decide to join this field, I am sure that they will have a lot of opportunities in uh, manufacturing because the country needs uh, mm -hmm. these kind of people and this kind of knowledge. So it is, it is, it is going to be great for them. Yeah. And that's, <clears throat> that's interesting because when I think about the young people coming up, the challenge is always, how do you get young people to think manufacturing is cool? Well, when you think about just hand soldering and, and hand labor, they don't, you know, it's hard to get people to do that. But if we get to the automation, the robotics that you've been involved in, that engages young people much more easily than does the idea of sitting on an assembly line soldering parts. You are spot on because we need to sell manufacturing as a, a technological field. It is not assembly with your hands or doing something. No. When you decide to join manufacturing, you are deciding to join technology and you will learn automation and you will learn a lot about hardware, as you are just mentioning. And I would like to add a little bit saying also the software, because now you can connect all the machines that you have, the robots that you're mentioning, the conveyors, the pick and place machine, and have a complete system that is connected with a digital solution. And when you are in manufacturing, you're learning about technology, and that technology includes simulation, digital solutions, software, a lot of very interesting fields. Yeah. And you're, you're, this is perfect because my next question was going to be exactly about that. How do you, how are manufacturing companies using automation to address these challenges? Basically, we are talking with the customers and the customers are now eager to implement solutions that maybe five years ago, they were not so very interested. The volume is growing so much that they are telling us, hey, I remember that three years ago, you told me about a solution that does this and that is still available. The answer is yes. And uh, I am very excited because I see that, as you mentioned, manufacturing is getting more complex in the good way of saying these words. Yeah. complex in a, a more technological and uh, it requires a very good uh, understanding. Mm -hmm. I do not want to say complex in a bad way. I want to say complex in, in, in the way how we combine all the technology, the hardware, the software and everything. And it's very interesting. And I think this will be a great field for the new generation to learn about, definitely. And, but that... You know, the, the discussion is about North America, especially the United States, to be competitive, to bring manufacturing back. Automation is key because 
it just makes you more competitive. And I just saw that when in my tours in Europe, I toured these EMS where you had full assembly lines being managed by one tech, right? By one person, because the, the software and the interconnectedness of these, uh, these factories nowadays with Industry 4.0 is truly amazing what, what is able to be done there. Yes. And uh, to add to, to your comment, when you talk about automation, it is not only a way to attack the lack of labor. It is much more than that. It is also to produce with high quality mm -hmm. because you know that the machine will do exactly the same every time and it doesn't depend on a person. So it is, it is, yes, lack of labor, but it is also quality and also very important safety. Mm -hmm. uh, when you produce with automation and you have the correct system, you are uh, you are manufacturing in a very safe environment. So I would like to take a, or I would like to mention that it is not only for a lack of labor; it is to produce with high quality. That also, when you do not produce with high quality, you have a cost and also safety. Yeah. Now, and that's a good distinction. Thank you for that. I think that that's perfect. And and when we talk about automation, it, that's changed too, right? Because it used to be people would think just about kind of from screen printer to the to the reflow oven, right? That was what was automated. But it's really kind of extended before and beyond that as well. Uh, speak to that and what Panasonic is doing too. Yes, very interesting. Years ago, 25 years ago, it was only the machine. Then, as you mentioned, from the screen printer to the oven. Yeah. And now it is even more. Basically, what we are doing at Panasonic is with the software solutions, we know the material that we have in the warehouse ready to be placed in the printed circuit boards. Mm -hmm. We know how many chips we have, and we know when we need to refill those chips. Just imagine one batch scenario. You are ready to produce. You have, let's say, 300 chips in one board. And when you are ready, you discover that one chip is missing. Yeah. Just imagine, okay, now we need to buy this chip and the chip will come in three weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that is not possible. Yeah. So with the software solutions, we are preventing all that and we know the material that we have well in advance. And the same happens after we produce. We know how many we have produced, how many final products we have in stock, and we can calculate if we need to produce more or not. So these digital solutions are helping us to automate even before and after the oven, as you very well said. Yeah. And tell me, as you engage with your customers then, you know, since you're, you're offering both the hardware and the software, what is it that they're asking you for? What is it that they, what are their pain points that they're, they're asking Panasonic to, to help them with? They want to have a single point of contact. In the past, they used to deal with several suppliers at the same time. Yeah. What I have been seeing lately is that they are willing, uh, not because it is cheaper, but you know what? I want to have one responsible for the complete line. The whole solution is going to be done by Panasonic and I deal with one supplier. Yeah. This prevents a lot of issues because if the line at the end has something that needs to be solved, 
you have one responsible, the mm -hmm. supplier. In the past, there were three, four, five suppliers, and it was very easy to blame the other one. Yeah. So that is something that I think it is changing. Panasonic is doing exactly that. We are working with different suppliers. And when we go with the customer, we tell the customer, you have two options, Mr. Customer. You can place the PO to Panasonic for the whole solution, and you deal only with Panasonic. Or if you prefer, you can place three, four POs, but you manage the whole mm -hmm. project. Yeah. We have seen a trend, especially after the pandemic, that mm -hmm. companies uh, have preferred to work with one supplier as a turnkey supplier. Okay. And that makes sense, right? In case something goes wrong, they want one neck to choke, right? They don't want to have to, like you said, it's yes. not me, it's them. <clears throat> and that's good. So it's more of an integrator type of a, of a role yes. that's being played then by somebody like Panasonic. Now, Part of it, when I think, especially on the hardware side, is also the service support for that. So speak to that and what Panasonic has. I'm assuming once the equipment gets in place and installed, you have your service techs that go out and, and work if there's issues. Yes. One of my favorite questions, Eric. <laughs> so <laughs> Panasonic is focused in the goal to be the number one service supplier in North America. We want to be sure that companies, customers buy from Panasonic because of the service we provide. We are building and we have built, both cases, a very strong service organization, stronger than before. Let me tell you why. The install base is growing, which requires more labor uh, to support the customers. But more importantly, Customers are having a lot of ramp-ups. They are bringing new products. As I mentioned before, their people do not know how to operate the machines. Yeah. So we need to support them. And basically what we are doing is building this very strong service team to be sure that the customer not only installs the machine on time, that is phase number one. Yeah. Phase number two, they are capable to do the ramp-up on time. And phase number three, when the ramp-up is reached, they continue to run the lines as they need. Mm -hmm. And this is a very, very critical uh, variable that we are working on. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, <clears throat> how do you distinguish yourself from all your competitors? And I think that the service is a key element to that. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Gustavo, our, our time is ending here, but I want to say this has been a very, very good first conversation. I hope I get to speak to you again. I know that you're going to be at Apex, that Panasonic will have a large presence there. Yes. That's only, gosh, in less than 60 days now um, in San Diego. So I hope to meet you in person there. And for anybody watching this who's interested, uh, by all means, if you're coming to Apex, make a point of coming by the Panasonic booth. Um, if you're not, but you're interested, please reach out to, to get a hold of Gustavo directly. I can certainly vouch that he's easy to find on LinkedIn. Um, yes. If for some reason you can't get a hold of him, get a hold of me and I'll put you in contact with him directly. So, um, Gustavo, thank you for your time. This was most interesting and I wish you continued success and look forward to catching up again someday. Likewise, Eric, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Take care.